1: This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest.
3: Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm Wendy Jones, your host and also owner and operator, as you all know, of Next Steps for Seniors, the business. But each and every week, we really do our best Excuse me, to bring you information. Because I'll tell you what, as we age, things begin to happen, and we just aren't really sure what's happening. So we do everything we can to talk about those things in advance. So you have a better idea as we age, what to expect. And every month, we have done something a little different. We've done a senior story. Now, last year we did Love Overall. If you remember, Pastor Tim was with us once a month. This year, once a month, we're doing a senior story. And today is going to be a senior story. So I'm excited to have both Diane and Tom Lynn. Good morning. Good morning.
2: Good morning,
3: Wendy. Thank you for both being here today. And Diane and Lynn, uh, Diane Lynn and Tom both are the Community Chorus of Detroit, and we're gonna we're gonna ask them if you could share a little bit about the history of the Community Chorus of Detroit. So last month we actually had. Um, A senior story about the city of Detroit that was fascinating. So we're excited to have you on here for the first couple segments, and then we're going to have words of wisdom at the end of the program uh, that I have some exciting things to share with you all as well. So tell us a little bit, Diane, how you got started, and tell us what your title is first.
2: Well, I'm the executive director and the board president of the Community Chorus of Detroit, And the way we got started was kind of interesting. My youngest son, our youngest son, went off to college, and we were empty nesters. And I thought, hmm, I'd like to do something to fulfill some delayed dreams of mine. And one of them was to get back into the world of music. And it occurred to me that in the city of Detroit, we did not have a chorus that was the type of organization I wanted. And that meant that I wanted a chorus that would welcome all people and that was non-auditioned, that was of the highest quality, in fact, of such quality that we would sing with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Mm -hmm. The only problem was we had no singers, no conductor, no accompanist, No rehearsal and performance venue. And no money. And no money. (laughs) The big thing was no money. (laughs) So I called Dr. Jerry Blackstone, a person I had met before, but not a personal friend. Uh, Dr. Blackstone was the head of choral music at the University of Michigan. And I explained to him this vision of mine. And he said, I'd love to help you. And he did. Dr. Blackstone is known to this day worldwide for his extraordinary talent in choral conducting and also for his educational interest in promoting music in the world. So he was perfect and he recommended us a young conductor who would help us and We got off and running, and within a couple years, we were well on our way to achieving that entire vision. So
3: what year was this? 2010. 2010 is when you started. That's right. Okay, fantastic. So tell me a little bit, Tom, you were in on this as well with your wife, Well, I'm
1: I'm Diane's, uh, I don't know, her accomplice or assistant, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, Diane and I fronted a little bit of the money, and uh, we hired the... Um, the the accompanist and and the conductor that uh, Jerry recommended. And at first, we partnered with the Detroit Waldorf School, and that was our home. And then a year or two later, we moved uh, to Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church. And we're not, we're really renters of this church, but uh, they're wonderful hosts, and that's where we rehearse and
2: perform.
3: Okay, all right. So tell us a little bit about how often do you do this?
2: We, We rehearse Sunday afternoons, and our choral year, our season, starts in September of each year, runs through December, at which time we have two concerts. And then it picks up again at the first of February and runs through May. And again, we have two concerts. And occasionally we do summer activities.
3: So how many people are in the choir?
2: Well, up pre-COVID, we were up to 100
3: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Right
2: now, we're running at 50 to 60, and we're actively rebuilding. But like so many organizations, COVID changed
3: the world for us. Right, right. I'm assuming you have a a very diverse group of people. It Uh, it is diverse. Do you have some younger people as well? Yes.
2: In fact, we just did a survey of our group to find out a number of demographic statistics Uh, because we're applying for another major grant from the Michigan Arts and Culture Council and the National Endowment for the Arts, both of which have been generous donors to help us in our work. And what we find is that we have um, significant racial diversity. We have about a third of the choir in the 50 to 70 age group, and a third younger, and a third older, all the way up to age 82. And um, we have a pretty good balance of male and female singers. And another interesting statistic that I found is that we have close to a third of the group with some type of disabilities, including two singers who have major uh, traumatic brain injuries. So we really do welcome everyone And the chorus is non-auditioned, so when you walk in the door...
3: You're in the chorus. You're in
2: the
1: chorus, and you are welcome. And you're never singled out, and people aren't asked to sing alone, and we work hard to uh, make it easy for people to sing. We provide a lot of rehearsal aids and a lot of other help, so anybody who loves to sing can uh, join this chorus.
2: You know, another interesting statistic is that we come from a very diverse group of communities, from Canton to Ortonville to Utica Lake to Grosse Hill, yes. And we have about 40 different zip codes represented.
3: And they all come to Detroit to this location to rehearse on Sunday. And, and yes. Yes. And it,
2: it has become really, um, I guess, in the best tradition of choirs, a real family.
3: I was just going to say a family. That's exactly what a family looks like. And you mentioned this place that you're um, rehearsing and performing. What is the historic significance of the building Well, so
1: there? Uh, we rehearse, rehearse and perform at Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church, which is a beautiful, large um, edifice at Burns and Jefferson right near Belle Isle in Detroit. It was built in the 20s. Actually, at the time, a lot of the uh, financing came from uh, some of the Dodge family members. So it's in historic Indian village. I mean, it, it's a church you might imagine finding in the Midlands in England or something. It's really magnificent, and and it, as I mentioned, we're not um, we're really we're tenants, but but uh, the church is a gracious host, and they're really happy to have us there, and and we we have collaboration with the, this wonderful facility.
2: The the church itself has regarded us as a part of their community outreach. And we're very grateful. It's a mutually beneficial situation. And the uh, location that Tom mentioned, uh, near Belle Isle in Detroit, is in a National Historic District. So it's set amid lovely, gracious homes uh, that were built by the auto magnates at the turn of the last century.
3: Well, it sounds pretty fascinating to me, I'm not going to lie. So you have sung how many, like what are some of your most interesting or favorite performances?
2: Oh, I was hoping you'd ask that, Wendy. We have a number. Um, One of of our favorites, I think looking back, I think you'd agree on this, Tom, is a performance that we did about the history of Detroit. Oh, that sounds interesting. It, It was fascinating. Tom and I went around and we spent about a month Taking about a thousand photographs of monuments and buildings and historic sites and plaques, all yeah. in Detroit, and all in Elmwood Detroit, Cemetery,
1: where the Battle of Bloody Run was fought, and all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah.
2: The Battle, or rather, Elwood Cemetery has a whole section dedicated to Civil War soldiers' graves. So that was it. Was fascinating. We we boiled that down to about a hundred pictures. And then our wonderful conductor, Dr. Edward Mackey Schramm, selected music that was composed during each period of Detroit's history, Mm. dating back to the 18th century, all the way to modern times.
3: Fascinating.
2: Then we found that that, um, Senator Carl Levin was willing to narrate the program for us, which he did. And... We had singers and speakers from each of those historic periods. So it was a fascinating thing. We did the program in in historic segments. And I think it was one of the most significant programs I've ever participated in. The only thing was we had a little problem a few days before
3: the dress rehearsal. We okay. really got 38 seconds. Do you oh, want to hold that problem sure until will. after sure after will. this commercial? Because um, it is really, really interesting to hear. I mean, Detroit has so much to offer. Oh, it's the Motor you. City. It's right there. And there's more and more people visiting Detroit every day from all over the country, really. People are coming to Detroit. So we want to hear what this next segment is. The the very unique thing that happened to you before this, but it sounds like it's going to be incredible. Again, you're listening to The Patriot at FM 101.5 AM 1400. We'll be back with you in just one moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. As you know, our topic today is senior stories because there is so many things that our seniors are doing out in the, out in the, out in the state of Michigan in the community, and we just want to hear from them. And we want to learn from them. And there are probably listeners right now that actually might want to join a choir. So (laughs) the community chorus of Detroit, we have Diane and Tom Lynn. And it is just fascinating to me what you've done because of a passion, a dream that you've had. And you're pulling people together from all over, really, different communities to come to Detroit. So tell us about, so this event in the last segment, she was telling us about this interesting performance they were doing. And right before they were getting ready to do it, something happened.
2: A big problem. And it has to do, Wendy, with this word community in our name. And we've already talked about how the chorus itself is a family That's the community, but there is a much, much larger community that has come together to help us, and this problem was solved by that larger community. We realized that our matinee performance, which is a Saturday afternoon, had a lighting problem. With the beautiful stained-glass windows of the church, light streams into the sanctuary, which is our performance area, and we thought the slides of these historic places that we will be projecting from the back of the sanctuary sanctuary, all the way to the front on a giant screen about 20 by 30 feet wouldn't show up with the daylight streaming in. So Michigan Opera Theater came to our rescue. They sent over their zillion-dollar projector and their best high-tech lighting engineers, and they made it happen. And this has happened over and over again where our whole metropolitan Detroit community is stepping has alongside come you. together and become part of our family.
3: Well, it sounds like your family's growing. <laughs> so <that's a> good, <laughs> it is, in the most wonderful way. That's a good problem then to have.
2: We had a couple other concerts that are, are very dear to me, and I'll just mention them briefly. One was a performance of the Verdi Requiem that was in commemoration of the 16 performances by the prisoners of the Theresan concentration camp in World War II. And that is a poignant story. Time won't permit today for me to go into it. But we had at this performance, we had Rochelle Riley speak uh, with a little introductory remarks. She's a a renowned writer from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, We had the Archbishop... Uh, Vigneron of Detroit speak,
1: and we were performing at the Blessed Sacrament Cathedral. Huge, so a different venue, the enormous cathedral on yes. Woodward Avenue.
2: And we had uh, Rabbi Krakow, the senior rabbi of Congregation Shari Zedek. We had the consul general from the Republic, uh, from uh, Prague, Republic. but the Czech Republic. And we had the Consul General of the State of Israel speak. These people all came.
1: We had standing room only in the cathedral. More than 1,000 people were at the performance.
2: We had 1,200 seated and 200 in standing room. So from that original vision of this little choir with no money, no conductor, and no singers, we've come a long way.
3: And You've come a long way. <laughs> and many people came a long way to Detroit to see you. And yes, you're bringing, they did. Yes, you're bringing commerce and Detroit We're bringing the which is whole community
2: together. And then I think maybe the last one I'd like to mention was a, a very interesting performance we did on the topic of homelessness. And we called this performance Dream Keepers, uh, which was named for one of the works that we sang but we were interested in singing with a choir of people who are homeless. And we found such a choir in the Capuchin Order in Detroit. We joined with this choir, and we did a performance of a work uh, that was written by six Australian composers. It was called Street Requiem, and it contained music of many different genres. And one of the movement's was sung in Latin. So I spoke to this choir, our homeless friends, and said, you don't need to worry about the Latin. The choir will cover that one, and then you can come back in on the next movement. And 100% of those singers raised their hands and said, we want to learn the Latin. I love it. (laughs) So we, we sang this magnificent piece. There wasn't a dry eye in the crowd. It was wonderful. But we go way beyond concerts. We also do international touring, performance touring, and we also do a lot of outreach, other outreach, in the community. And I wondered if you'd like to hear a little bit about our outreach. I want to hear about the
3: outreach, absolutely.
2: Well, one thing is we work with Cass Technical High School, and we have a young artist program designed specifically for their students. And um, we have anywhere from 6 to 10 students. These are high schoolers at a time, they're gifted young people who want to further their music studies. And so we offer them semi-private voice lessons each week for free. We give them a stipend just for showing up. And we give them performance opportunities. I should mention that all of our concerts are done with full symphony orchestra.
3: So how how many students do you get, just out of curiosity? Well,
2: We've probably had over time maybe 60 to 75, oh, but we, we have about 6 to 10 at a time. Mm-hmm. And then also over the years, our work has provided meals through the Gleaners program in Detroit. Gleaners is an organization that collects and purchases uh, extra government food at discounted prices to feed our hungry neighbors. And through our singing, we have provided about 5,000 meals for our hungry neighbors in the city.
3: Well, I've got to tell you clearly, listeners, as you're listening to this, and I am too, this is more than just a chorus.
2: It is, because it's now become a whole family of people throughout our metropolitan region.
3: Well, and I've got to tell you a story that I just heard this morning. Um, The last week in training, I believe it's for the Marines, the Marine Corps, They have to go a week, I want to say, without sleep, and you know they're bringing them into the jungle or Mm. whatever. It's just a crazy, crazy time for them. And the story was, they were freezing cold, they were in a mud pile, and there was, I don't even know how many, maybe 20 of them, men, and they didn't think they'd make it through the night. They had to sit in this for eight hours. Oh, dear. And one of the gentlemen started singing, Mm. and then the second voice came in, and then the third voice came in. And do you know that all of those men sang for eight hours? I mean, Uh, off tune and whatever, right? But they made it through that eight hours because of a song, right? And it brings unity. I think it's more than just the song, but it brings unity to people when they hear music. I mean, singing together can be magical, actually.
2: It, It is. And Wendy, to your point, I think it brings us in our spirit, in our soul, if you will, into harmony with each other. It's much more than harmonizing notes on a page. Well, there's one more area of outreach I'd love to tell you about. We, uh, as a choir, adopted an Afghan refugee family, if you recall in the horrifying pictures on television that we all saw in the fall of '21 where people were handing babies oh, literally mm-hmm. over the fence at the airport to our american military we adopted one of those families it was a it is a three generation 18 member family wow. and since the family has come to the us three new babies have born been born to this family which was such a thrill but they came speaking pashto they had no knowledge at all of American culture, of English, of how to shop, what we do at school. They, they didn't know anything at all. So 100 people from the chorus, including their family and, and friends, friends. Yeah. moved them into two lovely homes that they could rent in Detroit. We collected two complete houses of furniture. We had moving vans. Moving Day itself was a Hollywood production.
3: And, and you guys are singing the whole time you're moving everything. Oh, <laughs> you've got <laughs> it.
2: And um, Singing and crying. <laughs> and,
3: <laughs> it was pretty heavy-duty work. But we had a wonderful
2: experience. We worked with them for a year's commitment with the Samaritas organization, and I think it was one of the most really gratifying and moving experiences of my life.
3: This is amazing. I love what you're doing. To, and you know what you're doing? You're changing the course of the city. You're creating new experiences for people to walk alongside you and be part of this and bring unity, like you just said, which is what we need. So thank you for doing what you do. It's our pleasure. very, very powerful. We have one minute left. Did you have one more story in this segment? Well, I
2: think that about wraps up that. But in our next segment, I'd like to give you a little sneak preview of our international performance travel and some of the extraordinary
3: experiences we've had. Well, and you said Israel, too, didn't you?
2: We had the the Consul General of the State of Israel oh, okay. come to one of our concerts to speak okay. uh, with the I've always and... wanted
3: to go to Israel. That's why. Oh, me too. <laughs> I mean, I just think it would be so fun and so fascinating to walk where Jesus walked oh. and to do all the things that, oh, goodness. Absolutely. Well, I am, I am thoroughly impressed with all of the things. And I'm going to, listeners, stay tuned in this next segment we're going to give how you can be involved in this chorus because if you're listening and you're like, wow, this sounds like something I'd like to be a part of, this is an opportunity because guess what? You don't even have to sing. <laughs> you can just move your mouth. You can, yeah. just, <laughs> you can just come and be part of this wonderful chorus, and there's no charge to enter, correct? We have a modest dues,
2: but for those who are experiencing financial difficulty, we always give it We'll be back free. in just
3: a moment. Okay, thank you. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to our Next Steps for Seniors program. Our topic today is the community chorus in Detroit. We have two very sweet seniors in the room that are sharing from their spirit, from their soul, how they had a passion and created unity. And there's people coming from all over different communities down to the city of Detroit every Sunday. So we thank you in advance for what you're doing and creating unity in our city. Um, But tell us the last story. You had one more story you wanted to share.
2: Well, I just wanted to give you a little little, um, taste of what we do in international travel, which is another form of outreach that we do because our community goes way beyond Metro Detroit to across the United States and across the world. So in our international performance touring, we have visited many countries and performed to full crowds who have been most appreciative. We went to France, and we have sung in some dazzling sights. We've oh, sung. France, Notre Dame.: Yeah Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. We've sung at Chartres Cathedral. And uh, we've also been to England, where we sang at St. Paul's Cathedral. And we visited there the Cotswolds and York and concluded in London at St. Paul's. We have also sung in Portugal and Spain. Uh, We have visited the Alhambra at night. I mean, the experiences that we've enjoyed in our travels have been not only musical, but they have also just been deeply rewarding travel experiences. And
1: gastronomic. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> I must say that we love the culture too. Now, recently, uh, last fall, in fact, we had a cultural tour of Germany to, mainly to study the music of Bach, but we also had some other marvelous experiences. We had a private recital that we heard uh, from a member of uh, the Berlin Philharmonic at sitting in Mendelssohn's living room, which is now a museum, We visited, we even visited an Oktoberfest. So that was a little different form of music. (laughs) (laughs) It was great fun. And then this fall, we have a tour. In fact, if any of your listeners are interested, we would love to have them. And we are going on a cultural tour of Italy, which is going to be fabulous. And we have many kind of off the beaten path uh, experiences that we're going to have that are not available to the public. We're going to uh, hear Gregorian chants sung by a choir of monks. We are going to hear a private recital at the Stradivarius Museum on Stradivarius violins. And we're going to have a, a wine tasting and a cruise on Lake Maggiore. And interestingly, we're going to see the Ansaldo workshops where the sets and costumes for the La Scala Opera House are created. And then we'll have optional tickets available for La Scala, for the Marriage of Figaro, La Nozze di Figaro uh, Opera, and then also optional tickets to the Sistine Chapel and so forth. So if people are interested, that that is coming up this fall, end of September through October. And
3: you still have some spots available?
2: Just a few spots. It's almost sold out. It will be limited to 30, so it'll be a smaller tour group intentionally. Yeah.
3: And how do they reach you, Diane?
2: Well, the best place to to do this is to go on our website, which is all one word, communitychorusofdetroit.com, and go to touring on the homepage. So communitychorusofdetroit.com. dot com.
1: That's also a place where people could um, find out about our chorus. Um, there's a lot of information about joining the chorus. There are videos uh, of uh, chorus members and some of our performances. So that'd be a good place to find out about the Community Chorus of Detroit. Yes, on the website. On the website. Yes, it
2: tells all about membership. Um, we don't. We don't have any auditions. No one is ever singled out, and it's just. It's really, I mean, it really a is joy. A wonderful
1: community, and
2: it is. It really is. Uh, And new singers do not have any requirements. If they can pay our dues, that's great. If they're not able to, that's also fine. So we do hope to see some of your listeners not only singing in the choir. We'll be starting up again after our May concerts. We'll be starting again in the fall. And our upcoming concert is called Mozart and Beyond. And it features the Mozart Vespers which is a very moving and beautiful classical work. Again, we'll be performing with symphony orchestra. And the Mozart Vespers, we're going to do this in a very interesting way. It will be um, interspersed with uh, works by contemporary classical composers. So if your listeners are familiar at all with choral music, we'll be featuring some works by Randall Thompson, Kurt Bestor, John Rudder, whom we had the privilege of meeting and spending an afternoon with when we were in London. John Rudder, who is just, he's just really one of my absolute favorites. Uh, we'll have a spiritual by a Detroit composer, and we'll conclude with a beautiful work, Ave Maria, by Morton Lauritsen. Ooh, everybody wants to hear that. Oh, and what day gorgeous. is this, May? This is May 5th May on 10th. Friday at 730 And then Saturday, May 6th at 4 o'clock. And again, communitychorusofdetroit.com. All the information is there. It's beautifully organized, and people can even order tickets online.
3: I was just going to ask. So they can order tickets right on your website? That's right. Okay. And they can join the choir by going to your website as well. They
2: can do that, and we'll be taking in new members starting next August for the following season. Wonderful. And there's uh,
1: information... uh, Place where you can uh, send an email to Diane gets the email ultimately. And if you have questions about the chorus, you can also find that on, on the website. Yes,
2: if you'd like to reach me personally, my address is there, but it's info at communitychorusofdetroit.com.
3: So, just in closing, we got like four minutes left. Tell me what you have, you talked about a lot of exciting things. What, what means the most to you? The community.
2: It all comes back. And I think, you know, we talked about that as we began our talk today, and I think we've really come full circle because the community is this family within the chorus, and when someone's sick, we bring casseroles, we send birthday cards, we send sympathy cards, and we look out for each other, and everyone who comes instantly becomes a part of that chorus family. But it also extends, this community extends out throughout Detroit, throughout the metropolitan region, and out through our state, our country, and our world. We have even had letters from a President of the United States, from our U.S. Senators. This is something that is a big
3: It's deal. life-changing. I can tell it's life-changing. And listeners... You know, right now, if you're thinking, man, I wish I was a part of that, because a lot of times as we age, we're lonely and we're at home alone. Maybe you've lost a spouse. Maybe you're in a situation where you don't have children or your children are out of state and you don't feel like you have family. This would be an incredible opportunity to come together in a community and have a new family.
2: Oh, it's so true, Wendy. And as I mentioned when we were talking about uh, the demographics earlier, about a third of our chorus is over age 70, which yes. is
3: pretty spectacular. Oh, I think, it's fa- I think it's fantastic that you have all those different ages because we want to Teach and train up, right? Our, oh, it's our so true. generation. You know, we find that with these uh, young people in our
2: young artists program from Cass Technical High School that we thought when we started that program we they would be the beneficiaries. You know, we'll help these kids, these mm-hmm. inner city kids. It always works this way. Oh my goodness. You know, we have benefited so much from their presence.
1: We've taken about a half dozen of them on our international performance tours with us. We take and them for
2: them it's really um, a spectacular
1: experience. first it, time most of them have ever been out of the United States, and we helped them get passports and you know that was a thrill. So for these, them these and for students us. are coming with you.:
3: Oh yes. Oh. And
2: our chorus raises the money to fund their trips because they would not be able to afford these wonderful experiences. So we take them, all expenses paid.
3: Wow, this is fantastic. Listeners, if you want to get involved with a community with a family. If you're looking for a new family, I'm just going to say that. Your answer is the community chorus of Detroit.com. And do not let it hold you back if you don't think you have a very good voice. Absolutely
2: not. I, Tom and I, uh, uh, we specialize in opera in the shower. We are not professional singers by any stretch. But honestly, this has been life changing for literally. Thousands of people.
3: So the May 5th um, Mozart and Beyond is at what location? Where is that? That's at be?
2: Jefferson Avenue
3: Presbyterian
2: Church. Okay, same place. On Burns in Detroit at the corner of East Jefferson. And it's in a National Historic District. So if you're coming, come a little early and take a drive around. It's a gorgeous area. And
3: how much are tickets for that?
2: Uh, the tickets are $30 at the door, at the door 25 in advance. Okay, I
3: definitely have some people I think that would be interesting.
2: And just to mention, there's secure parking. So it's very convenient, it's easy, it's safe, and it's gorgeous.
3: Absolutely. Well, thank you for creating a family. For those who don't have a family, that's exactly what you just did. <laughs> well, thank you for and having us, Wendy. Absolutely. It's been a joy, absolutely. And you're traveling, you know, across the country, really. Uh, in addition to having this new amazing family, so God bless you both for what you do, listeners. Again, if you'd like to join, it's the Community Chorus of Detroit dot com. Their next performance is May 5th at 7:30, May 6th at 4 p.m., and you can purchase tickets right on their website. Have a great day and be blessed. Thank you, Wendy. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. This is our last segment on Words of Wisdom. And I do try at least once or twice a month to have a last segment at... on the program for Words of Wisdom. And the reason I do that is because I do feel like there's a lot of topics that I want to cover that I might not have a guest that can speak about it for a whole hour, but I still have the knowledge in my head that I just want to share with our listeners. There is so much going on in the world today, and especially with our seniors. So this is a time really to just try to educate as much as we can. So I want to start with um, a really quick example uh, of What is uh, coming as far as our senior population? So I'm sure all of you are aware that in eight years, or I think it's seven years from now, we're going to be, every single baby boomer will be over the age of 65. So that's not that far away. And when that happens, we're going to have more seniors in our country than ever before in history. And with that in the back of our minds, we need to also remember that... With that number of seniors, we are living longer. Okay, so the average life expectancy is, is increasing, but what's decreasing is the age that people are starting to come up with chronic diseases. So for example, Alzheimer's, uh, ALS, Parkinson's, MS, these are on the rise right now. And so much so that it's very concerning to me that we're going to have more seniors than ever before in history, and we're going to have probably more diseases, chronic disease states than ever before in history. And it's not just because of the numbers. It's because one in three, for example, in the next 10 years, will have some type of dementia. These are statistics that are coming out from our research and development right now, So that's concerning because now we're living longer, but we're not as healthy as we used to be. And there's less money than ever before. So we're calling it the silver tsunami. I mean, I'm just being honest. This is the word that people are using. And my job, what I really feel like I am here to do is to help educate and to share with our listeners, and with people, and bring awareness. So of course, I don't have an answer to the chronic diseases, but I can tell you with it coming, it's impeding, we need to start thinking and talking about it now. We need to start brainstorming, we need to go to legislation, we need to really start being a voice for what is the answer to the problem that we're about to face. We're already facing it. Listeners, you're listening to this program right now because you probably have a loved one with some type of chronic disease or maybe they're in an assisted living or in the hospital or maybe you're concerned about your parents. But there's a reason that you're listening to this program and it's because you care and it's because you want to know. We want to share information. And I am looking right now for resources, for information, avenues that I can get to somebody to speak to about these issues that are coming and share some thoughts that I have on on what potential solutions could be. But we're in this together. And seniors... If anybody knows how wise you are, it would be me. so I need your wisdom i need we need solutions to this problem. so I just want to share that with you and you can reach me on my email at w jones j o n e s at next steps s t e p s The number four, seniors with an S dot com. So just like the name of the radio program. And just in the subject line, if you could write the name radio, then I'll know that it's a comment or a question from the radio listeners. I would greatly appreciate that. Okay, one of the other things I wanted to talk about today is, you know, many times you have a power of attorney and that power of attorney is able to make decisions for you. I have heard more stories about at the end of life, people changing their power of attorney or changing their will and trust within like the last couple of weeks before they pass. And then there's a question that comes up, were they coerced? Like, why did they make a change at the end? So the reason I'm talking about this today is because there's something called a letter of competency that you could put on file with your legal documents And basically what it is, is it avoids the issue of capacity and lessens the chances that your final wishes will be contested later. And it's best to have this letter of competency on file in your attorney's office. This is an important document, I feel, because it will eliminate any questions after you're gone. So just something to think about if you have that letter of competency on file with your attorney and you decide to make changes at, at the end of life, they're not going to be questioned. And I think people just didn't know about the letter of competency that it was available and that you could get it. The other thing I wanted to share with you is if you are in a lease, and this is um, this is a, a story that I just got from a family. So I don't know this to be 100% accurate, but I would. I would encourage you to research and look into it. But if you're in a leased vehicle right now and your uh, loved one cannot drive because they're in assisted living, they broke a hip, they're in the hospital, you can get a letter from your physician stating that the level of care is so high and the acuity is so high that they're not able to manage a vehicle or do anything with a vehicle. So I highly recommend talking to your physician, getting a letter um, stating that your care is so high and there is an opportunity if you go to the right person. And of course, it depends on which, you know, the the people I talked to was a specific car dealership, but it's worth a try. There are so many people out there that are paying, you know, five, $600 a month for a lease vehicle that's sitting in the garage. And honestly, we need vehicles right now. So this is a time that we could take advantage of that situation, get the letter from the physician, and let's help somebody else out that needs a car. Just something to, to throw out there. I wanted to share with you two big things that have come up to my attention that I think are very beneficial. Um, number one, there is a seminar coming up on pain management. It is on chronic pain class, and I just received this information. It sounds very interesting to me. It's a six-week workshop, and it's right here in Michigan, and what they do is create a personal plan for success, develop problem-solving skills for pain, improve communication with healthcare providers really give you mind exercises to help calm the body, um, teaching you how to make healthier food choices, and incorporating physical activity into your daily life. So if you're interested in participating in this chronic pain class, uh, you can contact them at 248-392-0767. Listeners, nobody should live in pain, honestly. And if you are living in pain, there are things that we can be doing. So definitely reach out to that phone number. The other thing I wanted to make you aware of is we actually have right here at the OPC, we have a memory cafe that they just started. And it's a social gathering of people affected by memory challenges and their care partners. So a social worker is going to be present for questions, and there's going to be light refreshments, art, music, and games. So if you're a caregiver and you're exhausted, come to the Memory Cafe, bring your loved one with you, and enjoy some time of fellowship and support from the local um, OPC. So that's a blessing. And lastly, I want to share with our listeners... Our foundation, Next Steps for Seniors Foundation, which is a 501c3, our mission is to really bridge the gap financially for our seniors in the forgotten middle. And I've talked about this before, but many people who are low-income qualify for Medicaid. Many people who have funds can afford to move in an assisted living at $6,000 a month. But there's a big gap in between that. And it's called the forgotten middle. And it's very concerning, very concerning, because as we talked about in the beginning of this segment, our seniors are aging. And so that forgotten middle is getting wider and wider. And this is something that we need to be concerned about, because what is going to happen when you need care? 75% of people are going to need some type of care in their lives. So I just want to encourage you, our event is on June 20th please write that down. It is at the M1 Concourse, and it is an opportunity. I will be there. Jackie Page is going to be our MC of the event. You'll have an opportunity to meet my entire team at Next Steps for Seniors, and it really will be an, a phenomenal event to enjoy. Um, it's going to be d- dinner, strolling buffet, open bar, and it'll be a lot of fun. They're going to have race cars in the back of the venue. So of course, there's a charge for it. But I want you to remember, listeners, that this is a good cause because it's going to our forgotten middle. And our foundation is a 501c3. And we're going to have a live auctioneer this year. So it's going to be fun. We've got trips, we've got tiger suites, we've got lots of fun things that we're auctioning off this year. So please, June 20th, save the date, Call my office 248-651-5010 to get your tickets today and or go on our website number 4 org. We would love to see you there. Again, you're listening to The Patriot. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for, for tuning in and to hearing about all the great things happening in our community. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Go be blessed.
1: You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one